I'm Dave Gray, and this week I learned that um, there is such a thing as too many weeks in a row of Tyler picks. I'm Kevin Matthews, a Scottish film fan living in England, and this week I want to make a plea to anyone who is looking to really help the podcast and support us. If you go to patreon.com, open the tab, and then close the tab and do nothing with Patreon and just like and share our stuff and tell people about us and give us all your love. No Yay. Patreon required. No Patreon required. Killa, Killa wore her uh, Raiders shirt to the playground this week. Nice. I, I wasn't with her, but I, I saw a video. She was talking kids into telling their parents about us. So... I don't think she quite so, sold us honestly enough, really. <laughs> so you're basically telling anyone who does already listen to us that we're not above using children to rope others. Oh, no. no, 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 no. I, I firmly believe in, you know, 1800s child labor laws, which are put children to work. If I find five more souls... Uh, then we have our first hundred subscribers on the YouTube and all. Boom! And I'm Tyler Hosley, and I'm just here waiting for our second fetish special. And uh, this is Writers of the Podcast. <laughs> Yay! I guess that's coming sooner than any of us want to admit. <laughs> yeah. That's if I can find any more to pick, because that's all I usually pick. So, hey, I'm just I'm running out of time here, guys. Um. The day you learn how to fetish movies, I'm I'm gonna cry, tears of just pure joy. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So what did I, I? Besides, I've been like binge watching Nip Tuck for like the fourth time. I've gone through this series like three times. Right. This is like my viewing number four. I absolutely love Nip Tuck. It next to Breaking Bad is probably my favorite show of all time. But uh, that show is amazing. Um. I did manage to sneak in a couple movies, though. I watched Terrifier 2, which I know a lot of people are digging, and I love Terrifier 1. I'm going to go on record now. I thought Terrifier 1 was just a fun, simple, mean-spirited clown slasher movie. And Terrifier 2 is more of the same, but it delves more into, like, the supernatural shit, which I did not like. I did not like any of the supernatural subplots that were thrown into this movie. It felt unneeded and convoluted for the sake of being convoluted. For a movie that didn't need to be convoluted because it's just Art the Clown killing people. That's all I really need. Um, the gore is incredible. Just nasty, and that bedroom scene goes on forever, which is fucking awesome. I love that whole scene. The final act drags. This didn't need to be two and a half hours or two hours and 18 minutes, however long that was. It felt long. Um, I didn't need a magical sword in my Terrifier movies, but hey, here we are. Uh, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. It was fine. The first one is great. This one, eh, I'll probably watch the third when it comes out, but I don't think it's deserving of all the hype that it's getting. It is not at all. And, uh, Besides that, uh, we covered all these movies on the podcast. I don't really need to say much. I watched a bunch of the Halloween movies before Halloween. I watched Carpenter's original. I watched the second. I watched 2018. I watched Kills, and I watched Ends again. So um, that is me for the week. How how many times did you watch Ends? I'm on like viewing five of Ends right now. 
I Dude. love ends. Love. Madness. I I really, really packed in. Uh, buckle up, guys. I think, did I, I mentioned last week that I'd already watched Terrifier 2, didn't I? Yeah. I yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought Tyler might like it a, a bit more than I did. So as you say, T, there's plenty of folk out there who love it. Oh, so yeah. good on good on them. Uh, I packed in quite a few horrors, but before that, I watched Vortex. It was on Mubi here in the UK, and it is a Gaspar Noé film that is um, about uh, basically uh, dementia, or a couple who are affected by dementia. Dario Argento stars and Francois Lebrun. I believe uh, that's the woman, so they are the, the husband and wife couple. This was really good. Um, it's really moving and effective at showing not just people affected by dementia, but how it does affect others around them, whether it's people who are starting to get used to you know, maybe opening their door and seeing a neighbour who seems a bit lost and pointing them in the right direction, or whether it's family who have to engage in certain battles to keep things right. It's it's really good. I know dementia, uh, Alzheimer's has become a little bit, you know, I would say a little bit overdone in uh, a number of movies over the past five or six years. Uh, but Vortex is probably the very best of them. And it, just the way it lays it all out, um, really strong stuff from, from Noe. I don't think either of you two have watched this yet, have you? Not yet. No. Not yet, but it's on my list because I love No, so. Yeah, but... Like it's it's different from his other stuff in a way, but you know that you know that he you know doesn't shy away from how he shows things. So it's not one I would say to you to rush off and watch for a couple of hours having some escapist fun of an evening. But it's it's really just really fantastic stuff. Uh, I knocked out a couple of. Uh, Recent favourites amongst horror fans. Finally, uh, you know, over here we had the release of Barbarian, which was really good. A lot of fun at times. Um, just, yeah, a really solid horror movie that uh, has an interesting layer or two running beneath the the standard uh, atmosphere and scares. Yeah, I'm I'm on board with that one. Another one I'm on board with is Pearl. I finally saw Pearl, uh, Ty West follow up to X with Mia Goth back in the central role. I could see why people might not like this, um, but I think wherever you stand on the movie itself, Goth's performance is so good that it's just it's one of those great turns that will once again not be recognised as such because it's in a horror movie uh, basically she's 
really good. It's it's like one of the best performances, if not the best performance you'll see from this year, I would say. I th- thought she was just astonishing. Uh, and I, I really liked Pearl. It was really good. I know T loves it. I know. Yes, I think you liked so. it, Dave. You appreciated Goth's performance. Yeah, I, I, uh, Goth deserves to be in the discussion for when they go all hoity-toity, snobby award season, but she won't be because yeah. it's, a, it's a horror movie. Yeah. Uh, and Michelle Yeoh should win everything, but she won't because uh, it's a weird movie and everything will be won by Tar, which is about, you know, pretentious, uh, rich, white people. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, I agree. Uh, in the run-up to Halloween, I finally watched The White Reindeer from 1952, which um, is wonderful, and I enjoyed it while it was on. And then as soon as I started to think about what I just watched when it ended, it runs at just about 70 minutes or so. Uh, I liked it even more. I couldn't really find fault with it. It's basically a tale of, uh, you know, kind of being careful what you wish for. And it's got a strong element of lycanthropy in there. But there's a reindeer, so I coined the word lycaraboothropy because I thought that was close enough. It's a gorgeous film. It's just really well done. I end up giving it a 10 out of 10. Uh, fantastic. And then on Halloween night itself, I did a rewatch of Ghost Watch, which is just wonderful, even though I have to see it as the slightly creaky TV production it is, and um, can now see layers that help me get over the trauma of when I first watched it when I was about 16 and didn't realise it was fake because Ghost Watch is the infamous uh, fake programme that was presented on BBC One Halloween as a reality show thing where they were trying to find paranormal activity in this kind of standard British cul-de-sac home it's, it's fantastic it's great, it's it holds up for me, but it's partly because of that indelible memory of the first viewing. And then, probably to the slight disgust of uh, Dave and maybe Tyler, I found this year that I like Trick or Treat even more. <laughs> and I'm just generally joining the people who view it as an annual tradition and love it as such. I think it's it's like a great mix. You know, it gets the atmosphere right. I think the script is actually really good throughout as well. I noticed more lines in the script. None of it's uh, good, you know, too subtle or clever, but I I really like it. And of course, Sam Sam is a a great new character. It's it's kind of perfect Halloween fair, and I see it as such. And it's fab for that. I wouldn't necessarily rush to watch it any other time of year but yeah it works perfectly there that was up to Halloween have you have you been swayed on it at all over the past year or so Dave I rewatched it this year and no <laughs> not not even like a little 
there's bits I like. I I like um the flashback. I like bits of the kids. Uh, you know, Sam is a fun little design, but overall, I find it boring as shit. And all the characters aren't like it's not fun. Ultimately, that's where it falls apart for me. Even like the normal couple are like they're assholes. Like I don't care what happens at any moment. Especially not with the stupid fucking werewolves. I, I might like it better if those weren't in there, but that is so fucking dumb and so fucking on the nose with its bullshit that it just deflates any interest for me. And the principal deflates all interest for me. Also really on the nose and just fucking dumb. Well, uh, I'll try not to pick it for a second. I, I don't just, like, it, I know a lot of folks like it. Uh, you know, maybe it's me. It just, it doesn't work for me. And I, I fail to see why folks love it so much. I've rewatched it about three or four times now. It started at a solid Kevin Seven. And I was saying, ah, it's an art anthology. I don't get a love for it. Eventually, it was our last year, the year before, crept up to an eight. And I was like, yeah, actually, it's a lot of fun. And this time, for just watching it, for me, for having a fun a Halloween horror movie, that was it. It was almost perfect. Now, this was uh, after, obviously, needing a release from the tension of Ghostwatch. So <laughs> there was that as well. Like, I, I went for the the viewing of something that tapped into past trauma and I was like, right, I want something escapist with a little guy who has a sack on his head. You know what you know so was a the, weird thing this year for speaking of Halloween? How many folks I saw dressed as Sam? I mean there was just so many Sams. I mean there were a lot of Chuckies also. But there yeah. was like there was like a shocking number of Sam I mean the movie's it's old now. I was totally shocked how many Sams there were. Spirit Halloween is filled with trick-or-treat shit. Yeah, I, mean, it, I would yeah. say 90% of that store is trick-or-treat. A, a huge chunk of it is. I just didn't think like it was something most kids recognize, but apparently I'm wrong. Um, then after Halloween, it's straight into November, so I'll just rattle through these. I watched Escape in the Fog, which was okay. didn't feel very noir. Uh, the Big Caper, which I probably love more than most people, uh, gave that a good 8 out of 10. I think I'm a big fan of Rory Caroon, who was also in, uh, was it was it Angel? Was it the two Angel movies or just the first yeah, one, Dave? He's, he's in uh, two of them. Yeah. Uh, I, I rewatched Jade, which is bad, even though Tyler likes it. And I rewatched Get Carter which is class and Tyler, if you like Jade, but you've not seen Get Carter, you should just watch Get Carter and then wipe Jade from your mind. I mean, they're not comparable in terms of sexiness, but you know, they're just, I haven't seen the original Get Carter, but I've seen the Sylvester Stallone remake. Does that count? Why'd you keep trying to just rip my heart out of my chest? No. (laughs) And just urinate all over it. I didn't say I liked it. I didn't say I liked the Sylvester Stallone movie. I just said I've seen it. No, uh, I mean it's it's a classic, uh, the original Get Carter, and I kind of want to just turn my speakers up to max every time that brilliant theme music comes on. Is it uh, Lilo Schifrin? 
I think it did that. Possibly. Uh, anyway, it's it's hopefully going to be noir for the rest of the month in between whatever other bits and bobs are dotted about elsewhere. Noir, noir, noir. I know I can rely on you, Dave. Yeah, just not this week. I didn't watch any noirs. I do have uh, some lined up for later. I finished my October with the works of Frank Hinnenlauter, who I love his work. You know, uh, brain damage is, you know, maybe lesser. It's it's fun, though. With uh, Basket Case 3, also fun, but it's lesser. But then his three fantastic movies that I think everybody should watch repeatedly and maybe uh, worship a little. Brain Damage, or Basket Case, Basket Case 2, and The Amazing Frankenhooker are must-watches for everyone. Everyone should see them at least once. And understand the wonder that is Frank Hinnenlauter. They're just they're just a lot of fun. Uh, I also watched um, as as a segue from Halloween stuff into more general fare. I took my niece to see Howl's Moving Castle on the big screen at one of the local Alamos. I'm a little torn on Howl's Moving Castle. Okay, as a work of animation, it is brilliant. It's just it's like the animation is amazing. It's just gorgeous to look at. It just really comes to life. It's great on a technical term. Voice cast is a bit more of a mixed bag. While, um, and of course, this is the you know English language I'm talking about. Uh, Emily Mortimer's f- fine. And uh, I think Josh Hutcherson is the kid in it, and he's he's fine. Um, Blythe Danner's really good in her little bit. Billy Crystal is fine. Uh, Lauren Bacall is great as the Witch of the Wastes. Um, I think Jenna Malone is the sister, but she only gets a line or two. Ah, crap. Um... Gene Simmons is actually actually excellent. One of the best voice cast work ever as old version of Sophie. Christian Bale sucks as hell. He phones it in terribly. Like, he does nothing. There's no voice. There's no inflection. He's flat as fuck. But, you know, whatever. It's Christian Bale. Folks are going to gush over it anyway. But the story, man. Have you ever read these books? I know I'm asking a question I ask a dozen times, and it's always no Dave, we've never read these books. How dare you ask us? But I'm going to fucking ask. Have you guys read the Hal books? There's three of them. No, Dave. I have not. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, yeah, they, the books are great. The books are, are full of character and strong story. And this is just kind of replaced with like a really limp war is bad thing, which doesn't really work. It's not really well thought out. It ends all abrupt as fuck. So, like, parts of it are incredible. Again, the animation is just brilliant. But the story they do for it, dropping uh, Dino Wynn-Jones' original story for whatever the fuck stupid anti-war lameness it is. And look, I am 
as anti-war as as anyone. But if you're going to make an anti-war film, you need to have something to say about it. And he, I, Miyazaki doesn't. And I, I hate to say it, but he really undercuts this story. And there'll never be a good one because this is held up as this great animated work. And it, it is as an animated work. The animation is amazing. It's just the story is not. And I I really I'm I'm torn because, again, there's bits I love, but I'd, I'd really love to see that get a better adaptation. And I pissed off more people than I ever have before with that comment. And then I finished the week rewatching three movies I really enjoy and I'm not ashamed of. But I haven't actually seen the back half of the series. I'm going to fix that this year at some point, probably during this month. But um, I watched a, a movie I threatened Tyler with earlier. I watched Sharknado and I love Sharknado. And I followed that up with Sharknado 2, and I love Sharknado 2 even more. And I followed that immediately with Sharknado 3, which I don't love as much as 2, but it's still a lot of fun. I have no shame. I love the Sharknado series, at least the first three. I mean, that's that's the peak, though, just, just so you know. Because as soon as they know their formula and the jokes that people have enjoyed, then they just start to kill it. Well, that's why I never watched... I, I watched four, but I never watched five or six. Yeah. I, I've, I've heard the five's fun, so that's why I will finish them this year, but four was just no. like... It was like a little <laughs> too much. Like one, two, and three, I adore, and they're great, and they're just... They're delicious, cheesy terribleness, and they know what they are, and they lean into it a bit much, and they play it up probably a bit more than they should, but... I have a soft spot for them. And then four was just like, I remember watching and thinking, this is just a little too much. So I didn't yeah, watch I, five, but again, I think, uh, I think I've still not watched the very last one. Like that's how much I was put off by five. I think. Ooh. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, you know what I'm like for my completism. I know. Well, you know, every year I do my um, Turkey Day marathon. And my niece really wants to join in and she's seven. So she's finally old enough to really, you know, join in. And I don't want to break her. <laughs> so I'm trying to think up of a list of bad, good movies. I think she can take uh, Sharknado. One and two. I don't know if I do more than that. It's It's kind of pushing it. So I, I got to think up a whole marathon just for her and then watch the really terrible shit myself late at night through the month. Quietly. All while working on the great work. This week, we watched the 1997 action film starring Mark Dacascos and Kadeem Hardison, Drive. Followed that with the, uh, was this his debut, T? Do you remember offhand? Uh, I think it's his feature length debut. I yeah, well, I mean, he he did though. some TV stuff, but I, I think he yeah. Uh, I'm just going to say, I'm going to double check. I'm going to double check before I say it, because I don't want to be wrong. No, uh, apparently he co-directed a movie called uh, Takeout. Oh, oh yeah, wow, huh. All right, well then. Oh, I've seen that. You would like that. 
Okay, well then, the second feature directed by Sean Baker, the 2012 independent drama, Starlet. Did you know that (laughs) after this week, Tyler will have picked for eight consecutive weeks in a row? God. God. Yeah, so um, I'm going to start with Drive. Drive stars the wonderful, charming, should have had a better career, Mark Dacascos, and the also wonderful, charming, should have had a better career, Kadeem Hardison with Brittany Murphy. It's directed by Steve Wang, who has also directed the wonderfully fun Guyver direct-to-video movies from 91 and 94. You either know them or you don't. He was also second unit director on uh, Kung Pao Into the Fist, with fight choreography done by Koichi Sakamoto. Koichi Sakamoto went on to be a really um, prolific director and fight choreographer in Japan. Uh, basically, every Power Rangers and Kamen Rider from, I think, 96 to today. And I think he occasionally works on um, Ultraman also. He has his you know, hands deep in them. So this has got a, a good, good group backing it. And uh, Toby Wong has an advanced bio device installed in his chest, giving him superhuman speed and agility. Not wanting it inside his chest, he flees Hong Kong to San Francisco with the Chinese megacorp forces hot on his tail. Toby plans to sell the device to a company in Los Angeles for $5 million. Like, I know that sounds like a lot, but it's 97. That was not that much. Like, we're talking bleeding-edge biomedical device in his chest. He could have gotten a billion. I mean, even in... Well, maybe not a billion. He could have gotten several hundred million at the very least, man. Anyway, uh, (laughs) while being chased, Toby enters a bar where he meets down-on-his-luck Malik Brody. And he kidnaps Malik and takes him on a ride to Los Angeles, where fights ensue. Um, did I mention that I love uh, Mark Dacascos? I I I love him. He is, I mean, he's he's great, and he should have had a better career. He's got charm. He's one of the best screen fighters of all time, if you ask me. He takes stunt choreography impeccably. I mean, maybe the only person who might be his equal is Scott Adkins. But DeCoscos, unlike Adkins, is also charming and can act. I mean, granted, he's he's a little rough here. But you know, this is fairly early in his career, I think. I mean... This is only, well, no, Double Dragon was before this. It's fun in that one. This is still fairly early in his career. He does get better. He should should have had a better career. Uh, Kadeem Hardison is always great. It's always a blast when he shows up. Uh, As I've gushed over him in some other things we've watched. Uh, he should have had a better career, but you know, whatever. 
I, their bad mediocre careers isn't because of racism in Hollywood or anything. I couldn't prove it. I could suspect it. I could <clears throat> wink at it, but I couldn't prove it. So I'm not going to, I'm not even going to accuse it. Anyway, they work really well together. The fight scenes are well done. I mean, they're cheesy. They're hokey. It's very mid nineties in some of it. Like some of the dialogue is cringe as hell. But it's generally a fun film, and the scenes with Brittany Murphy with them are a blast. This is a superior 90s action film. And I think everybody should run out and see it if you want to watch some fun little action flick. It's it's a good one, especially if you like cheesy B-movies. It is, it's an all-timer for me, and it always has been. And I've been trying to keep, like, my view of this to myself and under my hat. I've been very, very chill. But uh, Brittany Murphy is amazing. Kadeem Hardison is great. Mark Dacascos is brilliant. You should go watch it right now. Just, we'll be here when you get back. Go watch it. It's on Tubi. So, uh, Drive is Drive is good, um, even though I'd much rather be watching the Nicholas Winding Refn Drive right now, uh, just a personal preference. This was still a fun martial arts buddy cop action movie. Uh, the stunts are really good. The action is a lot of fun. It has some, like, really cool hyperkinetic fight choreography. It felt very Hong Kong in style, I mean, with some sci-fi thrown in there, kind of like something made by... Uh, Tusi Hark. Uh, this would actually make a great double feature with Double Team. I mean, technically, Drive Ooh, is I I would a better. Film. I would watch that. Yes, God damn, I mean, you're not I, wrong. Yeah, they have very similar vibes. I I do think Drive might be the better made film than Double Team. I love Double Team, my favorite '90s action movies. But this might be better made technically, but great similar vibes. I mean, you could double feature this, and it would feel like the same, like a sequel in terms of how they feel um i thought both leads were solid marta costcos has a ton of charisma and charm he's always good on screen uh it was great seeing britney murphy i love britney murphy she's a talent gone way too soon and i will miss her forever in movies because she's wonderful uh the jokey tone sometimes feels a bit more like a later jackie chan movie than i personally like but that's just kind of personal preference but it works within the tone of this movie. I, I'm not sure I'd ever watch it again. It was fun, but it's not something that I could see myself returning to in the near future, maybe later on. Uh, but at the moment, it's a solid, solid one-time watcher. It's got a good cast. The action's fun. It's just, it wouldn't be my preferred action movie, but I had a good time watching it overall. Well, first of all, before I say anything else about Drive, I looked up the Get Carter soundtrack and it's Roy Budd. So I just Ooh. have to correct my mistakes. I don't know where I got Lilo Schifrin, uh, but there we go. So if anybody listens to my error, as long as they don't cut off straight away and actually listen to the episode, they'll notice the correction. Anyway, another correction to make is um, Tyler just not loving drive enough. It's it's okay that you love it a bit, T, but you need to commit fully and just join me and Dave 
I think that's that's what everyone wants. So take your time, but join us. We'll be here when you're ready. Because Drive is awesome. I agree with Dave on the uh, Cascos. I think he's he's a really he's just a really good screen presence. He has charisma. He's got the physical capability for the moves. Uh, this is a little bit imperfect in terms of the the way the script is with the tone and what they ask him to do at certain points regarding, you know, how his character is dealing with what's in his body and and what his journey involves. But he's really good here. He works well with Kareem Hardison, who I think is great. They're a really good uh, double act. I also agree with the love for Murphy. Uh, that's that's it. There are a few decent villains. Um, you know, they're good enough to be baddies after our our heroes. So I like that as well. And this is a film in which. You're never too far away from an action-packed fight set piece. But I think they all build nicely from one to another. Starts off quite well, goes to something a bit better, gets a bit better again, and so on and so forth. Um, there's a great sequence in a quarry with uh, Dukaskos and Hardison handcuffed to one another for a while. That's good. But then on the way to finale, which is superb, especially with the, there are some motorbikes involved and just lots of great moves there. You get a fight in a motel that everyone who praises Drive should remind anybody who likes Blade 2 that somebody involved in Blade 2 must have seen Drive. Because it's very similar. The zappy stun stick things. That carry a lethal voltage when I probably couldn't, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is strange about this is, for some reason, though, I always remember it as being a bit better than it is. As much as I like it, I do think it's a shame that the the fights, as good as they are, are still a little bit over-edited in places and a bit choppier than they could be because you see the effects. You see you see stunt guys taking really solid hits and it kind of makes you feel like they could just back up a little bit and lock the camera for some more time. So I always forget that these... It's not over-edited to a Michael Bay degree or someone, you know, just as cinematically sinful. Because if it was, Tyler would love it. But it's not as just smooth and having the camera observe everything as much as I always think it is. And I think in my mind's eye, I've got that image because of how fluid Dukaskos is and how 
genuinely great he is with the with all the fight moves and just showing everything that you need to see within what he's doing, whether that's his motivation going forward, whether it's uh, you know, backing up and protecting those around him. It's it's all there. It's it's just great stuff. Uh I I've seen the Giver from Steve Wang. Uh we've all seen a lot of his uh special effects, his creature work. And uh, you know, he deserves quite a bit of praise throughout his career. I don't think I've seen the the other stuff that uh, may come up on the podcast at some point. And this was the first script from writer Scott Phillips, so I guess you could say it kind of feels like a first script. Like, it's not terrible, but it's definitely written by someone who wants to emulate a certain type of movie and is lucky that the leads are good enough to elevate it slightly, I think. Because you put two other people in those roles, one that isn't as uh, naturally charming as Hardison and one that isn't as good with the fighting as Dacascos, and then this is just one of a thousand other mid-90s action movies that wouldn't be really worth your time until you've got, you know, a takeaway and enough alcohol in you, probably. But yeah, I'm a big fan of Drive. I think we need to check out some more Dacascos at some point, so at least I know already that Dave won't be averse to that. No. I, can't, I can't remember if you also got a good release over there, but uh, the latest sort of Blu-ray release here in the UK is really good. Well worth it. I don't, I don't know. Honestly, I, I don't think I've ever seen it on Blue in the Wild, and I haven't looked it up. Mm. Or, or maybe recently, or maybe it's not there yet, because the Blue here was quite a newish one. I think it came out about a month or so ago and I'd forgotten to order it immediately so I rectified that and then we go on to a very different affair it is Starlet from 2012 Uh, yeah Sean Baker who also co-wrote with Chris Bergoch is how I'm going to pronounce that surname it is the tale of Jane, who's played by Dre Hemingway, who basically one day she's scouring yard sales for some little bargains. At one, she buys a, a thermos that she says she's got to use as a vase, and in that thermos is a fair bit of money. So she decides to get in touch with the woman she bought it from but there's a little bit of friction there, so she goes out of her way to become the woman's friend and develop a relationship with her. And, yeah, I mean, that covers it. Jane is involved in 
adult entertainment and the woman that she meets is unaware of this, obviously. Uh, sorry, the, the woman's name is Sadie, played by... Why did I pick the ones with the tricker names? That, that was you, damn it, Dave. Uh, <laughs> Besedka Johnson. Hey, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, damn straight. I knew I'd have to say Besedka, <laughs> and I thought, no, I'm going to make Kevin do it. So you have a couple of things going on here. You have Jane's uh, life and how she is trying to make her way in the world of adult entertainment and where she's based. And that includes sharing a house with uh, Melissa, played by Stella Maeve, and her boyfriend Mikey, played by James Ranson. Uh, So that can be a little bit turbulent. And then you have the relationship between Jane and the older lady Sadie and you know it's built on well it's not necessarily built on a lie Jane does go back to the woman to to sort of say was it your flask I have money the woman is so grumpy with her and not wanting anything to do with her that Jane then takes a step back but aims to try and you know as I say at least become a friend so she can help out in little ways to ease her conscience in that way. Those are the, the strands going through this. I was surprised by how much I liked this. And when I say I like this, I mean, from what I've seen so far, this is my favourite Sean Baker film. Nice. I wasn't as won over by Tangerine as a lot of people were. Um the Florida project was a bit better, but I had issues with you know, how things were presented there. Um, I kind of the just just the way I I don't know quite how to put it. It's not that he couldn't sugarcoat the pill, or that he has characters that you know shouldn't be represented. It's just the whole way he puts them together. It didn't work as well for me as again I know it works for other people but that was that was an improvement Starlet is just really good it gets everything right I think helped by the two performances from Hemingway and Johnson they're both brilliant really good get on well together do really well individually but another big plus for this is the way that it shows the 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 adult work the adult workers without it necessarily having to be you know great success or absolute personal ruin it's it's a really nice medium it's a really level headed straightforward look at people trying to work in that business without that being the the focus of any extra real tension or melodrama anything that comes up from the the job is basically just kind of standard job issues in a way like there are bigger problems with the character of Melissa and those problems come from Melissa being Melissa (laughs) 
and how she acts with people. And then you get the scenes with James Ransom's Mikey being a bit of a douchebag with you know his with his girlfriend Melissa and then having plans and not necessarily knowing exactly how to do things and how to get things to pan out the right way but he's not he's a bit of an idiot but his character could have been painted to be much worse Uh, and I like the fact that they just left those characters as being well they're not they're not ideal they're not perfect they'll maybe uh, struggle to get by a bit easier than Jane but you know they're they're not necessarily going to lose everything from one or two bad days either it was just a really pleasant surprise but also fortunate that it always circles back to that central relationship that develops between Jane and Sadie I I just I thought this was really good um, I highly recommend it to anyone if I'd had time this week I was going to try and check out is it Red Rocket yeah uh, the other Sean Baker I was going to spring that surprise on on Tyler but I I just didn't have time to with everything else I schedule and in my viewings but you know I was I was optimistic <laughs> about it because of how much I enjoyed this Really good one. One of the ones I think, uh, one of the non horrors from you that I've enjoyed most in some time. Nice. Oh, and now I got to come on and disagree a little. <laughs> not, not, not a lot. It's a solid flick. <clears throat> I do disagree that this is better than Florida Project or Tangerine. Uh, because, like, we've kind of seen all of this before. Whereas Florida Project and Tangerine told grounded stories about different kinds of people that don't normally get films. But God knows, watching movies picked by T for several years now, there are a lot of movies about, you know, girls breaking into the porn industry and their lives. And that's not like criticism or anything, just saying, for me... I find the other two more interesting. And this is better than Red Rocket. T talked me into that one, and I was not a fan. But that's just, you know, personal preference. Uh, yeah. Hemingway is is fine. Johnson's pretty good. But for me, this film is really carried by Stella Maeve as Melissa and James Ransone as Mikey. Uh, Stella Maeve scenes are all excellent. She plays an actual character that's a bit more realized. Something against Hemingway. It's just, um, Jane is a little dull. She doesn't really have much of a personality and she doesn't really have any likes or desires or anything except to, you know, do better at her job, which is kind of filler in this movie. If I'm being honest, very little of it has to do with anything. And except for uh, one scene where uh, Zoe Voss is her her body double for some uh, penetrative shots, and I I think some others, whenever it's blurry and she's obviously wearing a wig. 
and that's a very bad wig. But that's just kind of there for filler. <laughs> None of those scenes really add much because it doesn't even give us like more character. It's just so they could have a couple porn star cameos and James Ransom can pitch triple X-Men parody, which that probably exists, right? And it's probably a gay porn, isn't it? I'd be shocked if it didn't exist. I honestly thought Tyler would know and, and tell me, but okay. Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, I, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it seems like something that would exist. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure, sure it does. does. Yeah. Yeah, there has to be. But the, the, the problem is Jane herself is not a compelling character. It's an interesting situation. And her scenes with Johnson are excellent. Their, their relationships are really charming. Uh, it's just, I wish there was more to her. And that's, that's not her fault. That's a, a screenplay failure. They thought her just, you know, working in the porn industry would be enough, but I don't know. Maybe it's because I've seen too many movies that has that problem where it's just, what's their personality? They work in the porn industry and that's it. So that's a little weak for me. It's not a bad movie. It is a really good film. <laughs> I just, you know, it's just the weakest of the three excellent Sean Baker films we've watched. Uh, I say this every single time we cover something from Sean Baker. I think he's one of the best filmmakers working today. I just emotionally connect with his work. Uh, he makes movies about people that don't usually get the spotlight put on them. Uh, Florida Project is about poverty and uh, Orlando's low-income motel life. Tangerine is about being trans in the world of prostitution. And uh, and he never makes his characters feel like cartoons. I mean, They feel like real, raw human beings. And that's about the same with Starlet. It's a movie about a porn star, yes, but porn is really just the backdrop of the story. It's a super realistic fictional take on the modern porn industry. Very very similar to something like Pleasure, which we also covered this year. Um, but unlike Pleasure, this story takes like this really sweet, heartwarming detour of our lead and this 85-year-old woman as they form this unlikely duo friendship, which I loved, and it hit me in the feels super hard. I love their chemistry together. Dre Hemingway, I thought was amazing as our lead. Um, she's just a natural talent. She's in a movie called Run with the Hunted with Michael Pitt that I really love too, and she's fantastic in that. Uh, how do you say her name? Basidka Johnson, who uh, sadly passed away shortly after this was filmed. She was amazing. She never acted before this. Apparently, Sean Baker discovered her in like a California YMCA, and uh, you would never be able to tell. She was great in this. Uh, a supporting cast, like you guys said, is also really good. James Ransone is fantastic. Uh, his stripper pole bit with Buck Cherry was fucking hilarious. Just every scene with him is just fucking gold. I love him. Uh, Stella Meave, who plays her roommate, is amazing. The dog, which the movie is actually named after, Starlet. That dog is amazing. I love him dearly, and I want him to be my best friend. He is so fucking adorable. But to be fair, you think that about every dog you see always. I know, and I can't help it. I mean, it, but this even dog... Cujo. We watched Cujo, and you went, I <laughs> love that good boy. Oh, I just, I can't help it with dogs, man. Just, I'm a big old softy when it comes to the 
fur babies. But that this dog was fucking adorable. Um, but yeah, I just I can go on and on about this movie. Um, from its stunning sun drenched California cinematography to that ending, which I thought was perfect. It's a film about humanity and self discovery, and I just personally connect with it in so many ways. And since 2012, it sits pretty in my top 50 of all time. It's a, a wonderful film, and I'm super glad Kevin dug it. And I'm glad you like it too, Dave. It's usually not a movie that you dig for the most part, but you like this one, and I'm, I'm happy. No, but was, yeah, I'm happy. I'm sorry. No, it was emotionally honest. I don't like it when it's just crass cashing in without anything else. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, you, have you ever seen have you seen About Cherry? Have you seen that movie? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it also felt similar to that, although about Cherry is like super bleak. But um, I would put that Starlet with that and Pleasure. They all kind of have a similar vibe. Just this one is more lighthearted and I don't want to say a comedy. It's not a comedy, but it's just more heartwarming than those two. But they uh, they feel about Cherry is just bad. It's bad, <laughs> and you feel bad for Dave Patel and uh, is it Lily Taylor? Yeah, yeah. You just feel bad for them being in it. It's bad. I like that one, but that's why I never picked it. Cause I, I, I think I remember you not liking that one. So I just never picked it, but I do like that one. But yeah, Starlet's amazing. I'm a huge fan of this movie. It's time to pick one. Uh, it, yeah, it's Starlet. I mean, I love Drive. I, I really do. But Starlet's the better movie. It's, it's not the better Sean Baker movie, and it's not the better movie about. A young girl breaking into the porn industry we've watched in the past six months, but it's a better movie between these two. Well, uh, mine's, well, mine's fairly obvious. I'm going to go with Starlet because that was my obvious choice, but Drive was not bad. I was hanging back because I felt guilty about denying Tyler the sweep. Don't. Uh, but I, I really like Starlet a lot, but I, I still have a bigger soft spot for Drive. Perfectly. So I'm sorry. Perfectly to... valid. That's all right. So uh, next week is Tyler's eighth week in a row picking a movie. So please tell us uh, how you're going to finish us off and. Uh, this week, this month's special is erotic thrillers. So what's your pick for next week and what's your erotic thriller? Well, I'm going to finish you guys off. I'm going to go grab the lube real quick because I'm going to take you on another trip into the porn industry. I'm going with Mope from 2019. And uh, for the special, I am going with the 1996 classic by the Wachowskis. I'm going with Bound. Oh, you son of a bitch. That was yeah. that was gonna be mine. Uh, and by the way, you need to watch Chucky season two. I do. I really do. Uh, next week, I am going back to the nineties, like Kevin did this week. I'm going back to nineteen ninety seven, like Kevin did this week. But instead of for a straight to video action film, I'm going with a large release thriller. I'm going with nineteen ninety seven's Kiss the Girls. 
You can email us at riddersofthepodcast at gmail.com. Any suggestions will be looked at and probably uh, viewed for the show. Any feedback, always welcome. You can check out our YouTube where I try and put a video up there every week. There is Instagram, Raiders underscore of underscore the underscore pod and uh, or is it podcast? I've forgotten. It's just just Um, pods. And um, we're on Twitter at Raiders of Pods and we're dotted around Facebook our own personal Facebooks, Letterboxd, like we're everywhere and everywhere you can get podcasts, you should just give us like all the stars you want to give us and all the lovely feedback words, all the reviews, everything, everything, because once again, we never ask for Patreon. As always, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us and we will speak to you next week. See ya. See ya.